WebmasterRadio.fm has compressed thousands of podcasts and all of our radio shows into the ultimate internet marketer's knowledge base. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app. Absolutely free and now available for iPhone and Android users. Listen to our live broadcast at the push of a button or access our complete archive of shows past and present like SEO 101, Affiliate Buds, The Shoe Money Show, The Daily Searchcast, and so much more. Download it from the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store today. Your radio target is locked and you have reached Strike Point. Webmaster Radio switches its microphones across the Atlantic to bring you Strike Point. Our expert and informative hosts will attack the search industry from Europe to the Americas and beyond. And now, WebmasterRadio.fm presents Strike Point. <laughs> Welcome to StrikePoint. Uh, we are live again, and today it should have been uh, October 28th, but uh, because of the mismatch with the uh, daylight t- uh, savings, um, we got a little um, well, delayed. So we are running a recording, uh, doing a recording. It is Monday today, but uh, you're going to hear this uh, Tuesday evening instead. Sorry about that. With me today, uh, I have Andy Atkin Kruger, my usual uh, partner here at the show. How are you, Andy? I'm good, thank you. What day is it? Where am I? What time is it? Um, (laughs) I have no idea at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. No. So, um, if you're listening to this show live, you will be, um, it will be Tuesday, hopefully. (laughs) And if you are uh, downloading it or or podcasting, it doesn't matter. You can hear it anytime. And uh, as a reminder, you can always uh, download the uh, shows from webmasterradio.fm or you can uh, podcast it on iTunes download from there too so today we have a couple of things that we want to cover uh, there was an article that we want to you know discuss a little bit uh, named the first evidence of Google or, or, or at least some 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 <laughs> fight <laughs> public fights or something yeah. between Jason Kalganis and uh, Matt Kotz um, at this uh, last week's uh, PopCon so um, Andy's going to tell us more about that. And also we're going to talk a little more about, we have talked about this in the past, but uh, there's just been some new um, information Andy's going to share uh, on the value of social share in ranking. So um, I don't know, maybe we should jump right into the middle one because it's, uh, it's always good to start with something dramatic. <laughs> it's a bit tell me about it, Andy, because we, we only heard uh, fractions of it. Apparently uh, uh, Jason Kalkinis had a, a, a keynote Presentation yeah. at PopCon, that's correct, yeah. Well, and he was uh, saying something about Google and uh, Matt Cards. What was well, that? Basically, the, the way that the, uh, the presentation was the, the keynote for PopCon on the Tuesday. And just to set the scene, Matt Cards was also speaking with it for the keynote on the Wednesday, the following day. And the keynote was at 9 a.m. in both cases. So uh, Jason Calacanis is uh, a serial entrepreneur always makes me think of George Bush when I say the word entrepreneur uh, mm. because he, he's a guy that said the French don't have a word for entrepreneur. Um, but uh, Jason Calacanis is, a, is a, a guy who created a number of businesses. Uh, probably the most relevant one in this particular con- context is Mahalo, which was a bit like um, eHow, d- demand media. It uh, generated content basically to fill gaps in the 
uh, ecosystem, you might say. And uh, he was presenting his uh, views on uh, the marketing online environment. He wasn't actually talking specifically about Google, but he was going through TV spend, TV activity, literally taking every different segment of the media landscape and talking through it. And of course, one of the things he was saying at the end of each of these was, oh, and of course, Google is now around the corner and they're about to take over in this marketplace, basically. And so he was then he then went on uh, to talk about Google was not a good partner and Google was not a good partner because what it did was it uh, it encouraged people to gain traffic from itself and uh, then kept an eye on the Google Analytics and watched how they performed and then uh, took over their space uh, in the business world uh, because they could see that their business was good was was, you know, doing um, was was successful and so they wanted to move into that particular vertical or that particular space that was a kind of uh not a very controversial part of the uh the keynote because a lot of people would you know he's not the only one that has that view there's a lot of people that have the view that google kind of uh dives in and raids the uh the goodies when it sees that they're, they're, they're there but in However, fact, that's that's not uh, that's not even uncommon if you look into other businesses. Uh, this yeah, level. but we can get back to that in a minute. Just to yeah, continue. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he then went on to I think it was in the Q and A, or it was certainly right at the end of his presentation, where he was talking about the fact that Google knew that this was its plan, and Google was looking for these opportunities from the businesses that it was working with. Meanwhile, at the same time, it was sending Matt cuts out as the smiling, happy, jovial face of Google to conferences, telling them all to do various different things of SEO and this and that in order to generate traffic, make their website successful. And at this point, he said, and in doing so, Matt Cutts lies. And he said, just in case you didn't understand what I just said, Matt Cutts lies. And he repeated that four times. So, you know, he definitely wanted to make that a significant point. It was right at the end of his presentation, and it was kind of, a, you know, at this point, in the, but what, in the Q, uh, did, he explain, uh, did he explain exactly where and, and how Matt Cutts uh, was supposedly uh, well, he, uh, lying? He, he, well, he's, he, the point he's making about lying is that he's saying that Matt Cutts is telling you that um, you know Google's interested in sending traffic to you, and therefore you should do things to to encourage Google to send traffic to your site by producing quality content. Um, but at the same time, in the background, Google was planning to take over your space. So yeah. the, point, the point he was making about lying was he's he's saying we'll look after you, you're a partner, we'll send you traffic, and at the same time in the background is a plan to do exactly the opposite and not send you traffic and send the traffic to Google itself. So that was the that was Tuesday keynote, and then on Wednesday was the uh, the, the Matt Cutts keynote, and he spent uh, I guess forty forty five minutes going through a bunch of slides that you would probably not be stunned by, talking about what Hummingbird was and how they'd, uh, why they decided to launch Hummingbird, a bit about Penguin, a bit about Panda, looks back at some history on Google. And he didn't mention this, uh, this uh, criticism from the previous day at all. But then uh, in questions, um, there was the first question, was not surprising. So what's your response to James and Calicone's? And uh, Matt said, well, look, you know, I don't want to get dragged down into this, but if you want me to, I will. And I, I have a, uh, some slides and, um, you know, they'll take me about six or seven minutes to go through if you, if you want me to go through them. Do you want me to 
to go through that, or do you want, or shall we carry on with Q and A? And the audience was uh, very enthusiastic, shall we say, about uh, <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that of course. about Matt responding to to Jason. So we went through these six or seven slides, and basically, the the nub of what he was saying about Jason's case was um, that uh, the, the quality of the content that uh, this Mahalo business was producing was not uh, was not good quality. He gave an example, for instance, of an article that was entitled "How to Stub Your Toe." Um, in how response to, to "How to Stub Your Toe," as in to hit your toe or to sort of hurt your toe. And uh, there was an article saying, well, first of all, go for a walk. And when you're walking, hit something with your foot, whoops, you've hurt your toe. It was that kind of content. And yes, it wasn't particularly exciting content at all. Um, and then he took examples out of it of keyword stuffing. And he basically um, took Mahalo apart and said that basically it was generating poor quality content and it deserved the hit it got, pretty much. Um, he also but described. How, how, was, how was that? How was that a response to uh, what uh, Jason was talking about? Well, it was a specific response to. I mean, basically, Matt took the approach. I think you would say that Jason was bitter about what had happened to Mahalo, so he responded specifically on the Mahalo case, and he did talk about that Google was not a good partner, and he he kind of denied that, but his focus was mainly on the Mahalo thing. He also made a very specific point that. Um, that Mahalo was a partner of YouTube. It had a, a connection with YouTube. Therefore, it was not really a partner of Google. <laughs> it was YouTube. So, um, I mean, he took it, he took it very specifically as uh, you know, partnering with Google. He also made a, uh, a point. He, he almost taunted the, the audience by saying, Jason asked to come and see me to discuss it. And how many of you have had the opportunity to come and talk to me at Mountain View? And of course, no one had. But he had had a meeting with Jason at Mountain View, which he'd explained why Google was doing this and how there was not much they could do about it. And he said that he decided after that meeting he would never, ever do that again, which was have somebody to, to come into the organization and uh, sort of uh, protest about uh, performance in search. So I think in summary, you could say that Jason... Maybe he was or he wasn't bitter about what happened to Mahalo. His main point was that Google was not a good quality partner because it encouraged you to work with Google to generate traffic, but then took over your space. And uh, Matt Cutts' response was, Mahalo is a bad business anyway. And, uh, you know, Google's a good partner. It's just you've got to, you've got to generate good quality content. So as you, as you and I were discussing earlier on, or yesterday, whenever it was, um, there is a grain of truth in both. And where where the actual and there's balance, lies in both. <laughs> and there's, there's, there's definitely some uh, obfuscation in both of them, but um, uh, in general terms, it was a uh, you know if, if they'd been in a boxing ring punching each other, I think it would have been pretty much a draw. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I have a few comments on on some of the things here because I think a lot of people make a. a, a, a the, miscon uh, the 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 wrong conception that that uh, that Google is a partner, and and when we talk when I'm talking Google here, I'm talking Google organic search, yeah. and Google have never made partnerships uh, in that way in organic search. Uh, you know, uh, at least not you know in any official way that you could 
you know, gain a partnership with Google on some terms and then get better organic rankings. They've, they've never done that. And, and of course, if they ever did that, it, it would, it would, you know, they would run into so many problems because not, not, not just with FTC because they need to disclose advertising. So, I mean, for that reason alone, they couldn't do that. So they never had, they never had partners in organic search. And so, so the whole idea of, as, as far as I hear, to, to, to claim that Google is a bad partner is, is kind of wrong um, because they're not well, a partner. I, I, you know, I think, you can I have think a partner just, just to be, certain just, things. Yeah, I mean, just, just to be clear, there was the YouTube connection and the other part of the uh, Mahalo partnership was that the, Jason said he'd made $20 million from AdSense uh, from Mahalo working with Google. So it was those two those two things. Uh, it was the YouTube and the AdSense mainly that he was referring to, plus obviously and the organic traffic, I guess. But it, but it still sounds to me like, and and I've I've heard similar things before in the past, so so it doesn't surprise me. But it kind of uh, sounds to me like like he's he's, he's still complaining about that he um, think that um, that uh, he deserved a certain amount of organic traffic, and he doesn't. You know that that's a whole misconception. You, you, nobody deserves any organic traffic. <laughs> you know, you can, you can earn it, or you can spend your way to it, or you can do whatever you want. But as long as it's legal, but uh, but but you you know, Google don't owe you anything. And 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 I've seen so many, and you, I'm sure you have same. Seen so many businesses building their whole existence on 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 a high percentage of organic traffic, like yeah. 89 percent of the traffic. And and I'm like. Are you crazy? And this is this is so risky because Google don't owe you any traffic. I think that's a whole the first misconception that needs to be be wiped out. Well, I think I think we have to say that it, it isn't just organic search where this applies because there are people that build their entire businesses around clicks from AdWords, and mm. you know they're in the same position. I mean, there was the yeah. the whole the whole bunch of. Uh, what were they, search comparison sites or arbitrage sites or whatever that Google took out in a whole raft who were previously spending considerable money with Google and had their businesses basically uh, closed, you might say, overnight by a, a decision at Google. And I think the bottom line is um, you should never build your business on one pillar. You know, you need, you need yeah, exactly. Or, it, it doesn't matter if it's organic or it's paid search or whatever it is. I mean, you should not build uh, your entire business on just one, one, one marketing channel, never. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, but 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 you know the whole the whole. Uh, but the second part of it, um, I mean, it, it it is. I mean, it's obvious for anybody that 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 uh, much of course is that smiling face of Google that everybody likes. He's a very likable person. <laughs> yeah. He's a very, he's a very, genuinely, he's really, he is a, you know him too. He's a very nice person. Yeah, uh, yeah and absolutely. He's very knowledgeable about, about what he's doing. He's, he's, he's a good engineer um, and, and he's very good at communicating. He's very good at presenting. Uh, so, yes. of course, he's a very good face for Google. There's nothing wrong in that uh, in itself. But I also think that there's a misconception when we talk about whether uh, Metcalf is lying, I, I don't think he's actually lying. But as we talked about last time you were on the show um, regarding the geotargeting uh, uh, issues, very often Metcalf is not telling the whole truth, <laughs> and that's a different yeah. thing. So Metcalf well, is, is not is not appearing. Metcalf is not appearing at the search strategies conferences to talk about Google's business plans 
He's there yeah. to talk about church. So I don't I don't actually see anything wrong in that case. You know that that Matt is not talking about. And that is a fact. Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, Jason is, is right about that. That Google does eat in on the most uh, lucrative businesses that they see. I mean, like yeah. most businesses do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why should Google do it? But, but but that is just not the topic that Matt is usually presenting uh, uh, of in, in in the search conferences. Of course not, because it's but it's about search. Google doesn't always succeed either. I mean, I think we need to bear in mind there have been some cases <laughs> where Google's actually backed off, like um, property. I think in the UK, they took on Rightmove um, to list the sales of homes. And there was a US site uh, of similar type. I've forgotten the name of the US one. Uh, but they actually decided after having a good go at that particular market sector that they couldn't do it better than the existing providers. And so they, they backed off. And that, yeah. that space is now... Uh, you know, dominated by some independent third-party organizations, which is good but, news, but, really. But, but regarding uh, this, I, I also heard from a really uh, big uh, chain store in Denmark, and I won't mention the name here to get into any, any legal problems, but there was a chain store here in Denmark that sells perfumes and creams and, you know, different things. And I heard from, from certain suppliers at market once at, that, uh, that they were actually using exactly the same strategy as, as uh, Jason is uh, complaining that Google is doing. They, they basically took in products into the shop, uh, and if the products were selling really good, uh, they made uh, uh, more or less a copy of that product and put it on their own brand. Um, and so, so, and everybody, all producers, kind of knew that was a risk in selling something to this uh, uh, chain. But it's mm. a big uh, chain, so they, you know, people do it anyway. Um, but it, it's a. I'm just saying that I've seen this kind of behavior before in in other businesses, and of course you can discuss yeah. whether that is ethical or whatever. But, but I mean, really, it's it's we live in a in a in a free competing world. We should be at least. And and I mean, if the company like Google is not is not allowed to compete just because, you know, they're big, I, I don't know. It's, it it sounds a little weird to me. It sounds more well, like like Jason is is disappointed with with the results and needs some someone to blame. <laughs> yeah. Well, in in the US they have that program, the Shark Tank, and in the UK we call it Dragons Den. I don't know whether they have that in in Denmark or elsewhere, but it's it's where four venture capitalists capitalists sit there and listen to pitches from businesses mm. that are you know. Uh, One of the dragons in the UK came out with an expression, which I thought, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And he said, when the elephant sits down, get out of the way. (laughs) And that's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, And I mean, of course, there are limitations in what Google can do. And I I, I won't claim that I know much about that. But I do know that we have some some laws about um, companies that have a, a... Type of a, of a, of a, um, uh, a situation that yeah dominant position in the market yeah. uh, the limitations of what how they can use or abuse that position uh, and I, and as I said I'm not a I'm not a lawyer so I won't start I, I, about. I, I saw today that the European Commission which had been making noises that uh, you know basically on a similar vein about um, Google diverting traffic to itself and not to uh, partners. Um, that the European Commission had asked them to come up with some recommendations, and Google had come up with these recommendations, and the European Commission had made noises that they were going to, everything was going to be okay and they were going to sort it out and settle. And actually today uh, they said that they are going to consult uh, Google's competitors. 
So uh, everything is not yet settled on that. And we don't know whether that will mean that uh, the competitors will uh, win over the European Commission and uh, the elephant uh, will actually find that there's other people trying to take its seat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's likely. We've seen that before with with dominating companies. Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we need to take a short uh, but I think we will continue talking about this a little bit before we move into the other topics of today. So uh, please stay with us and welcome our sponsors. We will be back in just a minute. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. Hey, cats and kittens, this is Jeff Ferguson, CEO of Fang Digital Marketing and also the host of Digital Marketing Matters right here on Webmaster Radio. I wanted to tell you guys all about our next podcast coming up with uh, the legendary Kevin Ryan of Motivity Marketing. And we're going to talk about the evils that Google does, and we're going to talk about how much on-site search sucks for a lot of companies these days. Digital Marketing Matters, presented by Fang Digital. Next episode airs August 21st, Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, back to Strike Point, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Strike Point. My name is Mikkel Demib, and with me today I have Andy Kintikru. And this is a second part of Strike Point. So if you got into it now, then uh, you'll have to jump back and uh, listen from the beginning. Um, in the first segment, uh, we've been talking about a controversy that uh, took place in 
Comic-Con uh, this year between uh, Jason Kilkenis and uh, Matt Cutts from Google. Um, and we were just, you know, ending that, that uh, discussion about whether they have one of them were lying or the other one were lying. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I think that, that I know at least true for, 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 for Matt, but, but it could be true for Jason as well. I think that the, the, the problem is that they're just not telling the whole truth. They're, they're, telling, they're telling the part of the truth that, that how they see it you know, from, from their little corner of the world. I had actually a discussion with, with Matt Cotts on a, on a panel many years ago, I think maybe six or seven years ago on one of the conferences where we were on a panel together. And, and, and there was a, uh, one, I can't remember exactly what, what technical issue it was we were discussing, but at some point I realized that, and, and we, then we discussed that a little bit, that a long way uh, I can, as an SEO, totally agree with, uh, with what Matt Cox is saying. Uh, when it comes to a lot of the technical issues, uh, getting indexed and the factors ranking, you know, a lot of things, a lot of the things he said you should do, I can agree with that. Uh, but then at some point, you know, we may have differences because we don't have the same goal. Yeah. Matt Koch is not an SEO. Matt mm. Koch is not even a marketeer. He's an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> His job is at Google to help Google make, you know, better search. His job mm. is not to market your company. And so, you know, let's take an extreme example. Let's say you have a shop and I have a shop and um, you search for, for a keyword from one of the products we both have and we are equally relevant when you look at all the scoring uh, 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 factors. If you look at all the scoring factors I have now, we have the exact same uh, uh, scoring because it's two really good shops that are selling this product at the exact same really good price. In Google's eyes, they don't care if you're number one or I'm number one, because we're both equally good. But in my opinion as an SEO, I want to be number one <laughs> instead of you. That, that means something to me. <laughs> so there's a difference yeah. you know, in, in my goals and Google's goals. Google's goals is to make good search results. My goal is to get as much relevant traffic for my business as possible. That's mm. two yep. different goals. So, so, and therefore, sometimes what, what Matt Cox is saying is only half the truth because the other half is in the marketing aspect of what we're doing. Uh, and he's not always uh, covering that. And I think that was just, uh, similar to the, to, the, to the topic we talked about uh, two weeks ago with the geotargeting, where he kind of forgot to mention <laughs> how, how damaging it could be if you, if you actually do, as he said, you could do without being spamming Google. <laughs> I, think it, I think it's also true that, um, you know, Matt, uh, leads people to a particular conclusion and as a good SEO actually has very big ears and listens very carefully to what he says and reads uh, between the lines because mm. you know some of the things that he doesn't say are as important as the things that he does say mm. and I think that I think that's it. it's almost like listening to politicians isn't it really I mean he is a politician <laughs> at the end of the day he, is a, he, he is. is a politician he's he's a he's a uh, he's a spokesperson for 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 very very big billion dollar com uh, publicly traded company uh, and and yeah you know the, we 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 all appreciate what he's saying but we just need to add a little more to get the full picture <laughs> anyway um i think we talked en enough about that there's also a lot of writing about it on all the different forums and stuff so um, if you want to deeper into it, I think you can find more online. Uh, talked a little bit in the past about uh, when Google officially 
correctly said that they would now introduce um, filtering mobile searches so that websites that do not render well on mobile devices that are searched on will not get these get links to these uh, sites uh, on their mobile unit, which makes total sense. I mean, if I'm searching for something on my iPhone, I would rather have Google not show me links to websites that doesn't work in my iPhone, <laughs> especially if they already know that it isn't, um, then please, you know, take that away. And that, that is essentially what, what they said they would do. Uh, they didn't put a time frame on it uh, back in, was in June or something that they, they put out the announcement? I think it was. Um, many, I, I think I'm not the only one that have seen way before they announced it in June, at least some indications that sometimes the, the the mobile results were somehow different than, than web results. Uh, I don't know if it is because Google have been experimenting uh, with, with, with different settings prior to the announcement in June or, you know, if it's just coincidences. But anyway, in June they did announce that they would make a change. Um, there was an article um, on Marketing Land um, headline, first evidence of Google smartphone ranking penalty. So you can find that if you search for that. First evidence of Google smartphone ranking penalty. I think, you know, there was a lot in the article that was good. Um, I, I don't know if you got to read it, but I think there was a lot in the article that was good, except for the headline. And and because, again, talking about misperceptions a lot today, uh, it's not a penalty. Hmm. <laughs> a penalty is something, you know, where Google de-rank you because you're, you're doing something that violates, uh, you know, their, 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 their uh, guidelines. But in this case, you're not, you're not violating anything. You're just not relevant. And that's a different thing. Yeah. It's a ranking factor. It's not a penalty. And I, I think, you know, webmasters and SEOs, of course, have to understand that. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know Bryson Mernier uh, that uh, wrote the article. And, uh, you know, we, we've actually done panels together on the uh, things like Midgraph and Schema.org and this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I, I, I think the article is a good article, and I agree the headline mm-hmm. is probably a, a little bit misleading. Um, but, uh, you know, that, there may be reasons why the headline is like it is that have nothing to do with the yeah, author. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, but, yeah, I, th- I think the, the, the big issue, actually, with mobile is that there is now some considerable confusion between uh, amongst people bet- over whether you should choose sort of the M dot uh, solution in separate URLs or whether you should use responsive design. And I was having a debate on this. Uh, and this isn't just an SEO question, it's a usability question. Um, and I, th- I think the, uh, the answer is it depends. But for instance, uh, certainly for news and blogs and uh, heavy text content kind of sources, in my opinion, responsive design is significantly better than... Um, uh, than the, the alternative. Um, yeah. But then the, I and agree. You know, the, 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 the funny thing is with responsive design, uh, I have sat down with so many clients over the past, I don't know, couple of years or something, where they were talking about finally, you know, getting ready to do, you know, something mobile. And, and, and their first solution have always been either a mobile uh, uh, version or uh, an app, <laughs> uh, which, of course, from an SEO point of view is even worse. Um, 
But in most cases, then I approach them and said, have you considered doing a, a responsive web design solution? And they're like, oh, no, because well, our web say that's going to be so complicated and blah, 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 <laughs> and all these bad excuses. And, and then, you know, I start talking to them about it and say, you know, I don't think it necessarily has to be that, you know, difficult to make it. You know, let's look at your site. Let's look at the different uh, designs and, and functions you have and, and, and talk about how that could function on, on, on the iPhone. And then you know, you talk through, you know, you realize it may not have to be that difficult. But I have a, a, a I, I think that sometimes at least it's it's a it's a really bad sign of um, of the web agency or the engineers you're using if they're not comfortable with uh, working with uh, with uh, responsive web design. Then uh, I have you know often found that engineers don't like to say that. They're not comfortable with things, or they're yeah. not experienced with things, so they say it's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, well, and and some, sometimes you have to look through that. <laughs> we we converted our blog to responsive design a few months ago, and uh, you know that was definitely a, a good move for us. And I think the experience from that is yes, it's more work than producing a a website and a design without responsive design. But it isn't more no, work than I mean, doing it, the it, same it, thing it, with apps for iPads and iPhones and Androids. There's no way it compares with that. But you know, it doesn't really have to be uh, that difficult. I mean, if if you're, yeah. especially if you're talk, talking about the types of, of sites you're talking about now, you know, say, let's say a blog. I mean, most people today are using WordPress. For WordPress, there, there, there are plenty of really good uh, uh, premium uh, templates. I use, I've used for the last couple of blogs I've been doing, been using uh, Genesis framework and, and using a theme called Epic. Uh, very simple design, but works really, really well across uh, desktop, uh, tablets, and, and, and phones. So this is like, I think it's, I can't remember, $79 or something like that. I mean, it's dead cheap, you know, yeah, compared yeah. to what it would cost to have any designer do any kind of work. And, and it works, and it's really good. Uh, and, it, and they keep it updated and everything, and it's on this uh, Genesis framework, what are very quite broadly used today. Um, so, I mean, for, for if you're using a, 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 a widely used CMS, then, then you can most likely, you know, go and buy uh, a template that, that are already um, that are already made yep. in, in responsive design. Yeah. The, uh, the other thing that I've heard people say is that the problem with responsive design is that it creates pages that are too lengthy to download on phones and uh, I tend to want to point them to the yahoo.com uh, mobile homepage i.e. yahoo.com on a mobile because they've gone for a pretty much an infinite scroll which goes on virtually forever um, and you know th there are things you can do to minimize the amount of data that's delivered to a web page on a smartphone without actually changing the, the content of the site you just do have to be careful about the issue of showing different content to that, uh, what was the company called again? Oh, Google, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> so uh, that, that, that's something you need to be a little bit careful about. But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's users first, as the, as the search engines would tell us. Yeah, and, 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 it, it, and it, for once, it's not always like that, but, but often it is. But, but this time, it's definitely uh, mostly good for the users and for the search engines going with a responsive web design solution. But they do point out, uh, this article, just going, going back to that a little bit, uh, he does point out, first of all, this article is based on the fact that, that uh, the, the, the writer uh, is, is now actually seeing some 
concrete evidence when he do testing across, I think it was 100 keywords or something that he tested on. So, of course, not a very big test, but still you know, good enough to, to, to get a picture. And he, he does, for, for, for certain uh, queries, he... Uh, differences where where websites uh, without a, a good mobile version um, uh, doesn't rank as well in mobile search as they do on um, on desktop search, but also he does see examples where it it doesn't appear, um, you know, so it it doesn't seem to be totally consequent uh, yet, mm. uh, but at least he's seeing some evidence which which is good, and and he also points out uh, another. Um, Issue with with mobile versions that that I don't think we we covered before, but but is very relevant. Uh, the fact that sometimes companies don't want to show all the pages they have on a desktop version in the mobile version. Yeah, yeah. So then you know people search in 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 Google for something and they find it and they click and then they get to a, a, a page not found which is displayed or redirected to if it's a mobile version uh, for mobile users. So they know the page is there because Google shows it. They can see the snippet. So they know the page is there, but the company won't allow me to see it. That is really frustrating. Yeah. That, <laughs> that is a really sure way to, to piss off uh, uh, your, your, your business. Um, so that's actually a very good example because, of course, those kind of rankings are going to go away. You know, when Google find out that you're serving error pages, you know, uh, uh, instead of the, the, the relevant result, then, of course, that page uh, are going to go awake in, in, in mobile search. So um, that's uh, some of the good things. So so go and do a search for first evidence of Google smartphone ranking penalty, which is part of the article we don't like. But <laughs> but, but just picking up on a point you made about apps, because I think we... Uh, we ought to say that um, there are ways and means of encouraging people to find apps as well. And there is this app store optimization technique that um, mm -hmm. is effectively SEO for app stores. And there are people out there who would actually do very well after doing some of that who currently aren't. And, I mean, the first step is to figure out where you are, where you're at and how much traffic you're getting and using one of the web analytics systems to uh, get a bit more data on what's really happening to in the app world um, yeah. and I say I say this in the context of a world where I see a lot of people um, deny, denying that mobile is here and it definitely is here um, oh, yeah, and that's... not not realizing how big it really is yeah of course I mean but that that is uh, ridiculous now but I mean you and I have been around this uh, this game so long that we have actually I, I remember oh. I have I have I have been warned about Mobile revolution a couple of times before in the past. Oh yeah, I think yeah. the first the first time was was WAP. You remember? WAP? Yeah, yeah. Mobile is here. Yeah. I think that, that yeah. was 2005 or six, was it? No, no, no. That was way earlier because that was earlier when I was than... with the Navy online. So that was about 2000. Uh, yeah. So at least 12, 13 years ago. Um, yeah, and that didn't that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, one of the the usability gurus already. Uh, uh, Already foreseen this, uh, um, Jacob Nielsen. I remember his uh, his review of WAP as uh, as a total failure and and something that would never catch on because it was just you know from a usability point of view was not good enough. Yeah, <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So so I, I can understand that some people are, 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 are a little you know want to see you know if it really happens but but I'm, i mean it's too late now it does it is really happening <laughs> there's no doubt Definitely. i mean look at just look at just that you know 
put put uh, web stats on any website today, and 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 unless something seriously is wrong, I guarantee that you know at least ten twenty percent are mobile, and for most websites, well, fifty percent of web accesses in India are from a mobile phone. Fifty mm. percent. But uh, we so see a lot of, of it's. I mean, across the different uh, companies we work with, um, you know, normally I would say we see between twenty and forty percent. But then, yeah. for certain type of content or certain kind of um, of refers, uh, we see much higher. Like I think I mentioned this before, but I mentioned again for because uh, we, I'm I'm, I'm uh, part of a, a, a site uh, for for women in Denmark, one of the largest sites. So it's a really big community in Denmark. So it's a very broad spectrum of, of users there. So it's that really good. Um, and when Sorry, we send did, our did, newsletter, did I, did I hear newsletter, you say that? You, you run a site for women in Denmark. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like no, an interesting it's project. No, it's not that kind of site. No. <laughs> it's actually for women. So, no, I don't run it. I just, I'm just a partner. So, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about women. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, so, so anyway, when we look at the stats there, when we sell newsletter. We found out that uh, even though our average is around, I think it's around 30% or something now um, for mobile users, but when we send out newsletter, it's uh, more than 95% of of the click-throughs we get from the newsletter that are mobile users. Hmm. Well, I think one and of the interesting things… Because, you know, that's because people read the, that sort of newsletter uh, yes. uh, at the in the evening, <laughs> yeah. and they're sitting there in the, in the sofa or, or, or the chair, whatever, and they're using their mobile or, or tablet. Uh, yep. so, so it's very obvious why it's like, but um, companies well, definitely think, have to. I, I, think, I think the I think the other thing to bear in mind is that M commerce, you know, the actual spending or buying and booking um, on a mobile phone on a smartphone is also now taking off, and um, I, I was a bit skeptical about this, but I've discovered I find myself now actually booking flights with my credit card and everything on a mobile phone. Uh, yeah. I can't imagine that even a year ago. So, no, but that uh, is definitely coming around. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so so it is here, and and, I, and there's a lot of I, I mean, there's a lot of, of of. But again, this these examples that he 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 mentioned in this article with the the, the error pages, uh, this was uh, entirely on found on uh, mobile sites and not yeah. on uh, on the web design solutions, and and that is again another at least it's a, it's an easier way for you to secure that all pages are are accessible. Um, of course, there could be extreme examples of, of, of application types, for instance, uh, uh, or tools uh, you may have on your site or something you know, that, that simply doesn't work on, on, um, on, um, on mobiles. In that case, of course, you have to deal with that. Uh, yeah. but, but those pages, you then also have to realize are not going to rank in the mobile search. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, so I think actually uh, it's about time that we uh, before we 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 stop stop for today we need to have a small break and then uh, we will go into the last segment of the show. So um if you stay with us um and please welcome our sponsors we will be back in just a minute. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm.
If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game. game. Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi! How about catching more attention like the biggest retail brands on earth? Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short-branded attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand, just like Sony, Visa, and Nike for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD, DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Come visit us at AdTech New York, booth number 738. Welcome to The Hook with Katie Kempner, where Katie talks with advertising visionaries, top journalists, cutting-edge creatives, authors, and PR gurus. Hear what these industry insiders have to say about the changing landscape of advertising and PR today. The Hook with Katie Kempner, on demand anytime inside the advertising channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, back to Strike Point, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Strike Point. We are live again. And uh, actually, we're not so live because you're probably listening to a tape version because we screwed up a little bit the, the daylight time-saving uh, shifts that are not synchronized between the U.S. and U.K. or Europe. Um, but anyway, uh, we had to tape this show, so I hope you enjoyed anyway. With me today, I have Andy Atkins. And uh, we've been talking about a bit of controversy on, on um, PopCon between... Jason Kilkenis and Matt Cotts, and we talked about uh, smartphones, uh, mobile SEO, and I think now we will move into last topic of today, um, the value of social shares in ranking, and uh, you had some new um, new stuff again from Popcorn. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that it's new, actually, but it's confirmation. I mean, I moderated a panel with uh, a bunch of guys, including Dwayne Forrester from Bing in uh, uh, PubCon. And one of the questions that he was asked directly was, "What is the value? What are the what's the value of social shares in the uh, algorithm?" Because you recall that there were those ranking factors analyses that came out that said there was a very strong correlation between high rankings and high numbers of social shares. 
And um, <clears throat> I think the Dwayne really confirmed what I think uh, a lot of us have been saying, but uh, I think some people have been missed by those ranking factors charts. Um, and that is that the social shares um, are not counting in Google's or Bing's algorithm yet, but uh, they they may have a positive effect. The positive effect is nothing to do with uh, you know the the direct effect they have. It's to do with the fact that when you share something and it gets picked up and lots of other people share it, it tends to generate links around that particular topic, and it's the indirect benefit of social shares which is having an effect to some extent on um, search engine rankings. But, you know, Dwayne was quite clear, it, we didn't count them in the algorithm. Uh, Matt Cutts has said that several times as well. So, uh, <clears throat> nothing, I don't think it's anything dramatic, dramatically, <laughs> dramatically new, but it's, it's further confirmation that uh, to, uh, up to this point, the social shares are not being counted uh, within algorithms. There was also some discussion about um, whether that's likely. And, you know, this was one aspect that I wasn't, hadn't really thought about too much. But there is an argument that um, if there had been a value uh, that, or if there was a real good value in using social shares in rankings, then they would already be doing it because it would already be there. It would already be worth doing. So because, you know, Facebook's big enough and uh, there's enough likes around and Twitter's big enough to actually do something with that data. Um, so there is an argument that actually what's happening is the search engines are looking at the social universe and are actually concluding it's too flimsy to actually draw anything substantial in terms of rankings from it other than this secondary effect. So I thought that was an interesting part of the discussion as well. I don't know how, how narrowly the topic was, was um, defined, but I like to look at, uh, at, at, at social uh, at a much larger scope when it comes to how it affects uh, your, your search visibility. Uh, because I've, I've, you know, if you look at it at a broader scope, uh, and not just about sharing, but uh, about um, links and, and the different way that links are apparently very, very and to me uh, being looked at in the major social medias um, uh, differently than, than, than other kinds of links. Uh, then social does have a significant effect on SEO today. Uh, so again, I th this is more a question of the search engine not telling everything Mm -hmm. They're telling us some of it, and it may not be a lie what they're saying, but they are, they are, they are parts of the truth they're not telling. Uh, I've, I've you know, I conducted uh, some tests with this uh, over the past years, and, and every time uh, results have come, come very clear. You are right that a big visibility um, could lead to a lot of links. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily have to be so. I, you know, one of the examples that, that I tried myself was uh, uh, I launched the electric car project in, in, in Denmark uh, uh, two years ago. Uh, and I actually deliberately tried to begin not with doing any link building, but it, uh, only focusing on social. And I actually very quickly, much quicker than I usually do, uh, got really good rankings for, you know, pretty competitive terms, like, like the single term electric car, which is just one word in, in Danish, Elbil, which, you know, I got to, a, to the middle of a page one uh, in, in just a few months. Uh, I only focused on, on, on uh, social, and when I looked at the backlink data, there wasn't actually 
hardly any backlinks, except for 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 the for the social for for Facebook, and Twitter, and Google Plus, and so on, uh, and a lot of YouTube uh, and Vimeo. Um, so I mean, in that example and other examples, I've I've seen very clear uh, uh, evidence that there is a very big correlation between you know the, the 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 value that search put on 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 your site and and how well your positions in um, in um, in social but you know whether whether a share count one way whether a like is another way whether uh, a, a mention a, a url but not a link or a full link and 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 you know how how that Exactly, uh, what exactly is used can of course always be discussed. But but in in, in more great in a greater picture of um, of um, social, I I think there's no doubt that it doesn't have an impact. Yeah. Well, you know, we have to take with a pinch of salt what uh, uh, search engine uh, meisters tell us. But on the other hand, uh, I think there there is a an interesting discussion to be had as to what's the value of social. Especially when you but, think that, um, but that's another value as well. But even if it's like there was actually put up a really good argument in the in the global warming debate that is kind of kind of similar to this because even even if I'm wrong, even if I'm totally wrong, and there's no value at all in organic search with social visibility, even if I'm wrong with that, if you really do your work well in social. You can you can get as many visitors from social as you get in Google today if you are really well optimized there. Uh, I've seen this with with several websites. I actually, one of the really good presentations uh, I think it was last year, maybe year before, but Simon Hesseltime um, from yeah. AOL uh, did a presentation on um, on on how they do with Huffington Post. And Huffington yeah. Post, like like a lot of communities, we've been having this problem with the website, the, the community website that I told you about just before. Um, that a lot of the normal discussions that we used to have on a website like that just a few years ago have now moved to Facebook. So in other words, Facebook has yeah. you know, stolen some of our traffic. A lot of community sites have experienced this. But but uh, Simon showed that how, how Huffington Post using a very aggressive uh, social integration, I would call it, with social login and repostings and all the you know dirty tricks you can use to, to integrate your website with, with Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus and so on. Um, they have actually, he showed the numbers, they have actually uh, now as many visitors from, from, from social as they do from Google. And they, they have traffic from Google already because they're very well optimized. And that is... Uh, we just talked about the quality of content before. The, the quality of content on, on, on Huffington Post, I think most people will agree, is uh, is really high. Um, so so there's a there's a marketing effect in in, in, in getting involved in social it can be just as uh, as high as uh, as good SEO. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think you know that that one of the things about social is we perhaps shouldn't be worrying about the ranking effect. We should be worrying about the traffic. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, funny enough, but you know, funny enough, in a way, um, there's there's a hundred percent correlation between what creates a lot of traffic from social. I mean, to, it's very, very easy for me, you know, if, to see what happens. I don't always get it right, but if I if I you know write a really good article on my blog and I promote that blog post on 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 Facebook, I you know I get a few hundred visitors from Facebook to that uh, blog post, but then. 
that's based on you know a certain amount of people liking it and making comments, maybe a few people sharing it. But then now and then, some people pick it up, share it with a a fan base that is much much bigger than mine. <laughs> and then suddenly I get like ten times or twenty times uh, the, the traffic. Um, and and in my logic, that is exactly the same factors that should. Uh, and I think to some degree do have an impact in, in, in organic search is how large an audience you reach, you know, how many people actually look at and engage with uh, the content that, that you provide. Um, so, so at least, you know, that, that's uh, the, the strategy that, that I've been pursuing, you know, uh, trying to try get, get as much engagement as possible. Yeah, sounds good to me. I think, unfortunately, um, we've been talking so much, we're running out of time again. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did, Andy. Um, And we're going to be back in uh, two weeks. Next week, it's going to be Christian again. Yep. And I hope we're going to have a great show there as well. So, um, please um, come back next week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. Cheers, Michael. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.